Welcome to the World Cup edition of Ale of a Time podcast. Rio 2014. That is correct. We're doing a special... How, how excited are you? I'm really excited. Yeah. I uh, caught a little bit of Brazil playing. Oh, yeah? Uh, Brazil... Who are they playing against? Someone else. Oh, yeah? Okay. Uh, no. Cro- Croatia? Ukraine? One of those two. Okay. Um, you, what have you seen? Oh, I was up... Anyway, this morning, and yeah. I watched uh, England versus Italy. Ho, ho, ho. What happened? It was a result, which is good. Um, uh, it was very exciting. England had most of the possession in the first half, mm-hmm. and then it didn't matter because Italy scored uh, two goals to one, got mm. up, took the chocolates. Uh, did you also watch Australia play? Uh, no, but I did. I was aware that they did play. Mm. I saw the result. Mm. Chile. Anything else about uh, soccer? But this is a special edition. We're not really no because, but it is on and everyone's up and about. People call it football, not soccer. We should probably oh, call it interesting. Fo- football. Yeah, the world game, football. What else have you got on the World Cup? That's it. It's something to do with um, what have we? No, uh, I think. Should uh, we just go back to beer? Maybe. Welcome, Luke. Thanks, Dave. Welcome to you. Thanks, mate. And we'll welcome our guest, Sean from Killer Sprocket. Hey, how you going? I'm very good. It's good to good to have you along. Um, we actually interviewed you briefly for uh, during the Good Beer Week showcase. Yeah, and that was fun. Yeah, it was a uh, uh, we. It was good to uh, get along and, and see everything that's happening and how it's changing mm. and meet you and, and get you in for a proper chat today, which would be fun. Yeah. Firstly, though, you want to uh, run through some news. What have you been up to, Dave? Uh, what have I been up to? Uh, I checked out the uh, Little Creatures Brewery in Geelong mm. last weekend. How disappointed were you? Uh, with the beer? Yeah. No, I was pretty, the, the, well, both. Well, it was kind of pumping. It was like very busy, and it was like a really diverse demographic there. Um, and apparently on a... I think, uh, I'm just making this up now, but I think every first Sunday of the month they have like a market on there, which yeah. uh, I think gets a lot of people involved. But um, yeah, I had a pretty good pizza there. What, what were your experiences of it? Look, I don't want to knock little creatures, but I feel like you're going to knock little if creatures. If you have, if you if you have like a brewery tap house kind of thing, been really really awesome if you actually showed some of the brewery mm. <laughs> rather than the little homebrew setup they've got in the corner that they don't actually use. That's what that's what's disappointing me. Mm. Is I went in there and it is beautiful. Like the buildings, it looks looks like Willy Wonka's factory of fun. You know what I mean? It just looks so good. But just like put some windows in or something where you can see as you're walking down those long, empty streets to get to where the actual tap house is, which is at the back, by the way. They don't try to put it near the front. Like maybe just have some stuff that you can look at. Yeah, that's a good point. Or even maybe even have someone actually pointing where you need to go rather than just having guards that yell at you for going the wrong way. <laughs> That was my experience. The I had the same. Uh, I haven't been to that one, but at Moa in New Zealand, we biked along 
to Moa or even doing some winery, bike around the wineries. Got there and you could see the brewery sort of through a tiny window yeah. um, with some posters on the window, you know, with their, their terrible marketing. And but at least you could see the brewery. Well, you had to peer. You had to sort of maybe on tippy toes yeah. to see it. But yeah. creatures, you can't even see the brewery. Yeah. No, it's more like a dining hall, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like even the James Squire Brew House in Russell Street, you can see a brewery. Yeah, exactly. Mm. You That's know? the one that's functional, and they make the Portland Pale there, which is awesome. Yeah. So, yeah. Do you know they don't actually... The way that's set up is that's not actually owned by James Squire. Mm. That brewery bit is actually owned by some, like, the hotel. So the people that brew there are not officially James Squire brewery people. So every now and again, when they made a beer, if it wasn't approved by James Squire, mm. they weren't allowed to call it a James Squire beer. Mm. So every now and again, you get a beer... Well, I don't know if the, the brewer there does it anymore, but the years ago the brewer there used to release kind of random stuff every now and again that wasn't sanctioned by James mm. Squire. And you get some pretty amazing beers. Mm. Well, they, when Dan Dayton was there, he did a... Um, I think he snuck through a Black Rye IPA. Did he? And I, I walked in, and I didn't know that he was brewing. I didn't really know him at the time. And I looked at the board of what beers were on. Yeah. I'm like, why is there a Black Rye IPA? You know, this is two years ago when no one was even really doing Black IPAs yeah. in Australia. and um, so I think maybe they might give them a little bit more leeway. But, mm. yeah. Um, anything else, Dave, other than that? Oh, we had a bit of a uh, Brunswick crawl. Is that worth talking about? Did we? Yeah, we checked out Temple and oh, yep. whatever else it was. Temple, um, their Scarlet Sour is still pouring at the... Mm-hmm. At I had the a good moment there where I said uh, they didn't have a pint price for the Super Sour, and... Uh, I said to the barman, can I get a pint of the, of the Super Sour? And he said, yeah, um, I don't know how much it's going to be because nobody thought anyone would get a pint of that beer. <laughs> and I said, bring it on. <laughs> yeah. I tweeted after that that I think that could be the best sour in Australia at the moment. Um, I was pretty drunk, but I think it, st- it stands up. That's a, a really, really good beer. Um, yeah, I like and it's, the, and um, it's not much left, so if you're listening to this and you're in Melbourne, go and try some. That's a good, straightforward yeah, tip, yeah. yeah. I think that was going to be my beer recommendation at the end of the show. Oh, really? Sneak peek. Uh, I really like the um, Resurrection. That's really good. The Pilsner? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's uh, just bang on style. It's not trying to be anything too outrageous and everything. It's really good. Yeah. the That's one that I, I always go back to when I'm there. Um, and it's good seeing just a good, solid Pilsner that isn't, you know, they haven't done anything to it to make it, you know, hoppy or or anything crazy. It's just a really good beer. What else did we do? I can't even remember. Our House Project and then oh, yeah. Atticus Finch. Oh, of course. Yeah, some good the, bars there. Yeah. yeah. It's a great little end of the, end of the city if you're... Um, yeah, because they're yeah. all around the same area. Like, you can very much crawl between yeah. them. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, it's a, a good little... Just a good little three-beer place. There's another place along there that I haven't been to called Edie's okay. Appreciation Society, and they've got maybe four taps, and they've got a... They might have a Mornington Peninsula and a Two Brothers and maybe like a Feral Beer. Yeah, on can't the time argue with that, can you? Yeah, so maybe we should add that to the uh, add that to the crawl next time. Mm, fair enough. Uh, I went to a, a wine thing yesterday called Game of Rones. How was it? Uh, it was really good. I don't know much about wine. Uh, we went. We stayed in the Rhone area of France when we were there. Just by fluke, we didn't know anything about it. We just said, "Oh, we'll stay here." Mm-hmm. And we really liked the wine, and so we thought well, we should get along to this event. And um, it was interesting seeing, after doing so many beer events lately, seeing a wine tasting 
um, and how, how it works and how it differs from beer. Yeah. Uh, all the samples were free. It only cost 50 bucks to get in, and that's basically all you can drink. That's probably, do you think that's because they don't pay tax until they sell it? I think so, yeah. So with beer, you can't just give away free yeah. beer. Yeah, I think it's yeah, purely down to that. Um, they also, the tasting glass you get when you come in was a Rydell, um, I can't remember the name, but one of their nice wine glasses, mm-hmm. and you get to take that away with you, which I thought was uh, interesting. And now we've got a couple of really nice wine glasses at home. So it's um, a pretty good value event then, it sounds like. Yeah, really good value. Um, I think we... Where was it held? The St Kilda Town Hall. Okay, cool. Um, and there was fried chicken from Rockwell. There Hello. was a barbecue place and uh, Hellenic Republic doing the food. So, hmm. yeah, very civilized. No one was wearing a hoodie. Um, I changed out of my hoodie before I got there, thinking I was probably going to be the only one. And yep, there was a, a lot. Was more. it just only wines from the Rhone Valley? Actually, there was only one wine okay. from natural Rhone Valley. It was it's just, just a, it was a, a wines influence. Kitschy wordplay. Well, it was wines influence from. That region, so Grenache, Shiraz, or Syrah, um, a couple of other ones that I don't really recognise. Um, but uh, the Grenache was, was the wines that we really like. So, yeah. Cool. Had some uh, good wines. Excellent. The other thing I, I wanted to, to mention, um, I should really bring up my notes before I start into that. Uh, has anyone seen what the food, this food babe lady in the States is doing? No. Across this at all? Well, what you to tell me? She's a blogger who started this. Um, oh my god! Look what they're putting in beer campaign, okay. and it was really misinformed. Oh my god! They're putting this stuff in our beer, and they should, you know, own up to it. Yeah. And so she she started a um, petition saying Miller Coors and AB and Bev, tell us your ingredients. You know, you're putting all this high fructose corn syrup in and stuff, and hmm. and then it got a heap of steam, and then they said, okay, here's our ingredients, and it was, you know, malt water, yeast. Rice. Rice. and Corn. Rice and corn. I was like, okay, great. Good campaign. Like, we've just found out whatever I knew. And I think what already existed, but... So what was, what was propelling her to do it in the first place? She thought there was high fructose corn syrup in beer? Yeah. Yeah. So they use corn syrup, but it's a different... It's like a yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't syrup, think yeah. you could... I don't think you could use high fructose no. corn syrup and kill your yeast. Yeah. Or and to make it really super... Actually, I don't know. Would yeast be able to handle it? it? I don't know. I, I can't imagine it would ferment out. Hmm. Surely it would just sit there, right? You end up with a lot of sugars in your beer. Yeah, I think so. Because it's very artificial, the way they make that high fructose corn syrup. Mm. They probably could. Hey, know. next beer. There you yeah, go. high fructose <laughs> corn syrup beer, yeah. <laughs> um, well, yeah, it's interesting. She has got a lot of publicity. Um, Is she the one that actually has that just... That's her thing. She starts these sort of like I think high so. profile petitions, and she yeah. has quite a big following. Yeah, I think I did. Mm-hmm. I wasn't aware of her moniker, but um, well, I, I her name's I, like Rani something. Yeah, this, I wish I looked it up before I said that because it's not <laughs> Rani at all. It's close to. I, I can't remember her name exactly. Okay. Um, I, I kind of take it. Vani Hari. Rani Vani. Yeah, it's right, close. I'm satisfied with that. Um, we. Oh no, I was kind of wondering though, why someone calling themselves the food babe. Is a little bit like conceited, almost. You're saying I'm I'm a babe. Is yeah. It food? So then I kind of thought maybe I should call myself the beer stud. Yeah. All right. Beer hunk. Get a few t-shirts made. Yeah. All right. Start a well, petition. Maybe she loves bacon, and she's referring to the pig babe. Yeah, that that's not it. bad. Yeah. All of her, all the food she does is influenced by the movie Babe. That's right. All right. I could get the beer nothing. The beer zilch. <laughs> 
Know. Come on, yeah, this is your chance to. to we can't both be like we can't be the beer stud and the beer hunk, please. We've got to have a counterbalance, surely. Yeah. I, maybe we'll be just, a yuck. <laughs> maybe we just stick to Dave and Luke. Yeah, that's not bad. Uh, also, the other thing that's happening in the news is the ACCC has been investigating the big players and tap and contracts. Tap contracts, yeah. yeah. Uh, that's good, good went, stuff. Went under the radar during Good Beer Week for us, but I've just caught up about it. Mm. Are, you, are you across a bunch of this, Sean? Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, pretty much it's, it's what you were saying there, investigating tap contracts and uncompetitive behaviour. Um, I think a lot of brewers got... Um, actually got letters from the ACCC asking them to contribute and tell them what they think about it. And uh, the actual, I think one of the main instigators was that an executive at, I believe it's CUB, uh, sent a letter to a publican saying, if you remove this certain craft beer that you're selling, I'll give you a lot more uh, privileges and a lot better prices on our version of their beer mm. and that publican gave it to the microbrewer and said hey you're doing something right the big players are, are after you mm. and then they took it to the ACCC and the ACCC started investigating I think that might have been the instigator or it might have just been in a long list of uncompetitive behaviour yeah. but th- this is very uh, anti-competitive and I'm pretty sure in the US it's illegal to have tap contracts yeah, yeah. and it's something that I think is is terrible in Australia, and the tap contracts that they that they um, that they put on for a lot of small bars really ties their hands behind their back in what they can do and what they can sell. A lot of them were saying that they find that they're paying more in beer than if they were to just go to Dan Murphy's and buy it. So the tap contracts aren't even really that great for the pubs. Mm. Um, it all depends. Some. Depends how you negotiate. Anything in business depends how you negotiate. Like, for example, I know the um, um, Beer Deluxe just has put in a tap contract mm. and they've got those two, you know, yeah, unfiltered yeah. draft <laughs> tanks. But that allowed them to upgrade all their bar and they've got majority of their taps are still craft. I don't mm. think I've ever seen anyone actually drinking a Carlton draft there. Mm. Uh, so from them... That was a really good thing. They were able to put in, upgrade a lot of taps. They were able to add to the craft beer market. But then there are other pubs that I've gone into with my beer that can't stock it because their tap contract says they're not allowed to put anything on tap that's not that. Or even uh, the more anti-competitive ones are the ones that say you can't even have bottles. Mm. You know, mm. it's. I think it's been one of those things that's a open secret. Everyone sort of knows it's, knows it's been happening and... and yeah. um, but it's interesting to see it get mainstream coverage in, yeah. in the age um, and really prominent coverage. It wasn't just a dinky little article at the back of the paper. It was mm. a, a pretty prominent story. Mm. And then they followed it up the next day with you know, these brands are also owned by CUB and they're not actually yeah. craft It was quite a big pictorial, wasn't it? It's about yeah. um, who actually owns those particular brands. Do you brands, think so? people that – I don't know who would actually care about that because if you're someone that's really into craft beer – you're not going to get fooled by those brands in the first place because you're going to do your research. You're going mm. to know. And the people that drink those brands probably don't care. I think a lot of people are interested but don't, I guess, obsess over it to the extent that, that say, Dave or I would. Mm. Um, but I also think that there'd be that group of people that do like are thinking they're drinking a bit different and mm. getting a whole bunch of James Squire beers yeah. because the, that's what their Woolworths gets or yeah. whatever yeah. that might not know the origin of it and that's what their impression is that they're drinking different and yeah. I think it's it's easier to start out that way as well when you 
you don't know heaps about it. You go, oh, okay, we'll try this fat yak. This is yep. this is new and different. Um, well, they're gateway beers. Yeah. And they do a good job at that because mm. once you start doing that, then you will drink maybe a feral and then, you know, yeah. other things that you'll sort of... I, I guess a lot of, you know, if you don't have a, you don't live in, in a city, Melbourne or something, you might not then have that next thing to go on to. So yep. I guess you m- might not do the research that, that a lot of people do and, yeah, yeah end up maybe not realising you're just buying the same thing. Yeah. Um, just quickly, uh, because we're going through this at a rapid rate, we're drinking a beer at the moment. Um, we've got a Brooklyn Local 2, um, and I don't know, it's probably maybe, I don't know if the Brooklyn... Delicious. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's most certainly that. Uh, I don't know if the bottle's got a, uh, a date on it, but I probably bought it about 18 months ago, and it was so it's probably about two odd years but yeah. it's um, smooth it's like I think it's quite big in ABV but it's um, very very tasty I yeah. like enjoying it it's and it's going down really really well it is very very good I'm not sure what the exact style is if I could reach the bottle I would have a look at it I'll get Luke to grab it in just a second but I think it's pretty much just like a Belgian um, Abbey style ale and it's very smooth can you have a look at the bottle Luke and give us a rundown about what the stylistic information is sorry I just stepped out I, I know you guys saw that oh, that we just riffed and it was smooth and <laughs> m- people would be none the wiser way to ruin the magic <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll just edit that out no no it's fine I won't no uh, what have we got sorry it's gold text on black it's really hard to read I'm not yeah fair sorry. enough um, here in Brooklyn we've combined European malt and hops dark sugar wildflower honey uh, you know what I can't handle us reading a label out on special our podcast. Belgian yeast that's not going to work for me chocolate flavours yeah but it it's delicious it's, it's big mm. and it's going it's smooth and I'm glad we hang on to it as long as we did actually mm. yeah, yeah how long have you had it you say two years no I've had it for about 18 months but I got it at Smith Street Cellars and I think they'd had it for a little while as well so uh, you can probably t- two-ish years I would have thought hmm no, it's really good. I do like... I'm a big fan of the Brooklyn one as well. The mm. local one. That's mm-hmm. a, a really good beer. Yeah. Absolutely. All the Brooklyn beers are pretty good, actually. Yep. I agree with that. Um, yeah, there's a couple that don't really do it for me, but... What does it no, it's just, bl- just the Black Ops, I guess. Yeah, Black Ops is... But black Chocolate Stout's pretty young, so I mm. like that. Yeah. Mm. Um, oh, also we should mention Gabs. We haven't recorded since Gabs. Um... But the winner of the People's Choice was the Praline mm-hmm. from La Sarine. Mm-hmm. So congratulations to those guys. Uh, that was a Belgian beer. I think they had chocolate in there. Um, I only had a, I had a glass, and it was probably a bit too much for me, a bit too sweet. But it was very sweet. Yeah, mm. I only had a taster, and I my initial it, thought was that yeah, I enjoyed what I had, but I thought I probably wouldn't get a glass of it. But I'd be keen to revisit it. And see yeah, I'm really keen to. I hope there's a and it's criminal. The Stillwater hmm. didn't get the top ten. <laughs> Outrageous! I want to find out. Is oh, the Stillwater, Stillwater yeah. their Brett Saison? Okay, she'll be um, right. Yeah, Hopping really good, Brady. It was just so uh, good. I think both of us are really in, enjoying Brett and yeah. Saisons at the moment. So that was and we were we were drinking tasters, we were drinking full glasses. Yep. So I think that kind of beer, you know, you need a a big glass to sort of get your head around. Yeah. Did you try the Umami Monster? Mm-hmm. I didn't try it at the event. Yeah. I think that got fourth. Uh, close to that, yeah. That's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> Did you, uh, what was your favourite? Uh, I might be a little bit biased, but mine was the Kaiju Behemoth. Oh, yep. that was the behemoth. huge, oh. yeah. Because 
It was one of the only beers there that was actually brewed as a beer. Yeah. Like, that's all, you know, it just had malt, water, hops, mm. yeast. That's it. Mm. It was incredible beer. I'm still trying to get Nat to give me some bottles of it. And he keeps uh, keeps promising to put some aside, but it's, that's an incredible beer. Mm. He's doing another black IPA at the moment. It's not going to be as strong as that, but it's pretty good. I think I had a bottle of it on Friday night. Yeah? <laughs> it was so enjoyable. Where'd yeah. you grab it from? I got it from uh, Grape and Grain in Moorabbin. Oh, yeah. Sweet. Uh, yeah, it was good. It was mm. big. Yeah. It was delicious. It that, poured, that was like, my Just pick. poured like oil. Yeah. It just smelled divine. Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely my It pick. tasted big, but... No, I've got like a, an aversion to real high tasting mm-hmm. ABVs, but that one d- didn't have a problem with it. At yeah, all. yeah, mm. really well balanced. Yeah. The final thing uh, we started on Facebook for oh. podcasts. Isn't that exciting? I have avoided Facebook my whole life and realized we should probably get on there to do. Yeah, some I so I didn't when we talked about it. I didn't really think there'd be much value to it. But getting a bit of traffic from it. A little bit of traffic. Yeah. I, if, you, if you're listening and you've seen the Facebook page or you've listened to a past episode because of the Facebook page or any interaction, give us a message or something about it because I'd be very keen to see how it's working. Um, yeah, fair enough. We yeah. also, uh, we're also, I'm also sharing articles up there. Yeah. If, yeah, it's more uh, of a resource than yeah. uh, anything else, I guess. So jump on for extra content. Yeah. We're all over the place. Uh, also, if you like us, Rate us on iTunes. Yeah. Because, um, I don't know. That's good uh, for us. iTunes yeah. rating uh, does a whole lot. And I don't know. The, the more we get likes, the more people see it, the more listeners we get, the more we'll keep doing it. Yeah, exactly. If you hate us. If you hate us. Yeah. Well, rate us as well. Yeah, because yeah. then we'll know and we'll stop doing it and wasting <laughs> our time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or you can just stop listening if you hate us while you're Yeah, here. true. All right. You know what I'd like? Another fill of that particular... All right, well, let's do that, and we'll come back and we'll chat to Sean about Killer Sprocket. Great. Great. And we're back. Welcome back, everyone. Uh, We've just topped up our, our Brooklyn beer... Um... I think we're all really enjoying it. Yeah, it's good. Keep what it what is the ABV? Do you remember? Nine. Nine? Yeah. It doesn't taste like it, does it? It does not taste like nine at no. all. So, Sean, mm-hmm. kill Sprocket. Mm-hmm. Do you want to tell us how you came to be brewing beer under a label? Yeah, I, uh, I used to work in insurance, and uh, it was fun. <laughs> it was a good <laughs> job. Uh, I got paid far too much for what I was actually worth, and eventually they figured that out and asked me to leave. They can't blame them. Hmm. So I uh, so I left and uh, couldn't get another job, so I ended up going to university and studying business entrepreneurship. At the end of the course, uh, you've got sort of two sort of things that are, that are open that most people do. One is you become a consultant for Deloitte hmm. or you start your own company. So looking at that, I going in, I was always intending to, to work for, for Deloitte um, being a consultant, uh, sort of what I was doing with the insurance companies, kind of consulting and stuff. So that's what I was thinking about doing. And then as I was sort of doing this course, I thought, you know what, maybe you know, I've always wanted to start my own business at some point. And I thought, why not just do it now? At the end of the of this course, I'll just, you know, I'll just do it. And at the last, uh, the last semester of the of the 
whole degree is you get a uh, it's called new venture creation and you can either you know you, you work and actually start form your own business mm. and you have class time and you pretty much get an idea and, and you research it and that sort of thing to to start it or you do another class called something else and that's consulting for Deloitte that's you know that they're the two classes so I picked the new venture creation and I thought I'm going to see if this beer thing could be a you know could be a goer and for ages I'd been talking to to you know brewers and stuff like that at the the microbrewery showcases or brewery tours and every time I speak speak to them I'd just say you know what how did you get started what did you do all this sort of stuff and every single one of them was like we just did it we just just decided we're just going to start a brewery we just did it I was like okay so I was thinking about it, and then I read an article uh, a while ago. Actually, I read an article about Hawthorne and how they'd started contract brewing. And I looked at that, and I just went, you know, when I was starting to to do entrepreneurship, one of the the big things is is leveraging uh, other resources. So you want to have as much control without actually having to own anything. So contract brewing makes a lot of sense in the fact that. You don't have to spend half a million dollars building a brewery. Mm. You can just try your beer, get it out there, and see what people think. You know, uh, so that's that's the model that I worked off for this business plan uh, and started doing research. Read a lot of Iris reports, studied a lot of uh, you know a lot of that sort of a uh, lot of the industry things like that. And then uh, I was at a brewery showcase. I was actually talking to the Hawthorne guys about it, and they said, "Oh, you yeah, we use Southern Bay. They're you know they're great." Um, they're really hands-on, blah blah blah, and uh, ended up going to the Southern Bay team, having a talk to uh, to the the guys at the stand, um, and I'm pretty sure Hendo was actually there. Uh, got the cards, and then just went all right. I, I came up with a recipe. I thought this is the way to go. I uh, went to Southern Bay, gave my recipe to them, uh, gave a sample of the beer that I'd brewed at home mm. to say this is what I want to brew. They tasted it and said this is a you know, it's a good beer. And they were just happy to have someone come in and say, instead of saying, "This is the this is the price I want my beer to be at," mm. come in and say, "This is the quality I want my beer to be at." Mm. These are the ingredients I want to use. I understand that you know they're going to be more expensive. This is what I want to do, and 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 drive that way. And uh, yeah, so they they made the beer. I put it out, fingers crossed, hoping that people would like it. Uh, I was overwhelmed by the the response. People mm. really actually enjoyed the beer. Which is is fantastic. It's a fantastic feeling when something that's been in your head, and you've just kind of created something. Someone else goes, "Yeah, I actually like this because of these reasons." And then um, that was yeah, it was just over a year ago, and been running ever since. Mm, how, how long did you homebrew beforehand? I'd homebrewed, I don't know, quite a while. I'd say probably six, seven years. I'd been homebrewing. Was uh, that just to get stuff that you wanted to drink, or were you just trying to try your hand at? Uh, banging out the craft. Uh, you know what? At the it's a really good question. I don't actually remember why I started. I know my best mate started home brewing, and it could have been a competitive thing <laughs> of like I drank his beer and it was all right, but I thought I could probably do it better. So then, oh, and I was also earning quite a bit of money, so I was buying stupid things. So a homebrew kit from Cooper's didn't seem like that much of an investment. So I went, oh, yeah, I'll give this a go for a day. And I made the first beer I made was a lager, and I misspelt it as larger. Quite very, in, very common. <laughs> and it was in 500 mils. So I said, oh, yeah, I meant to do that because it's a larger beer. It's 500 mil bottles because, you know, the plastic bottles you get with mm. the Cooper's kit. Mm. 
And everyone's drinking it around the pool and they're just going, man, this is a really good beer. You should do this more. So then I was like, all right, well, I'll try another one. So I brewed, I don't know, I can't remember. I think the next one was probably a pale ale. And then from that, people enjoyed that and, and it tasted better than my mates. So I just kept sort of brewing. And then you kind of get addicted to being able to make your own beers that you like. And, and you know, home brewing is actually not, when you're doing extract, mm. it's pretty cheap mm. compared to, you know, going down for what you get as well. Going down to Dan Murphy's, you can get like Carlton Drive, probably the same price as you could homebrew, but mm. you don't really want to drink that. Mm. It gives me a headache. So, uh, yeah, so I just started drinking that. Then I did stouts. And then um, moved in the city just down the road was a homebrew store that had a whole bunch of stuff. They had like, you know, a, a bunch of international malts as well. Mm. So I just started, you know, going from that. And then from there, you know, you decide to challenge yourself a little bit more. You start adding more hops. You start mm. doing little sort of partials and then uh, getting into all grain. Hmm. Your first beer to market was an amber ale. Yes. Um, I think that kind of caught everyone by surprise. That I'd start with that and a pale ale? Yeah. And, <laughs> and also, um, you know, as you sort of mentioned, the, the a lot of contract brewers that go and say we want our beer to be at this price point. Yeah. Um, and you sort of see, you know, a new one pop up on the shelf, and you go, oh, okay, there's another yeah. golden ale or a power that they've brewed really cheaply. Yep. And then, you know, I, I saw the Kill Sprocket one, and I went, it's probably one of those. And then I picked yeah. it up and went, oh, hang on, it's an amber ale. This has actually got my interest now, um, and I'm glad I, I, I drank it because I really enjoyed it. I'm glad it, you so. drank it. <laughs> yeah, I think that perception was, like, we don't know where this bricks and mortar brewery is mm. yeah. it's, a, it's a beer we don't know much about yeah. give it a go but mm. not having too much expectations and then I think everyone just went yes <laughs> yeah very good beer yeah. well because yeah we I mean I, I personally really like you know Mountain Goat Hightail is probably yep. one of my favourite beers so um, the more beers like that on the market yeah um, well Ambrose yeah. was always my entry beer I was James Squire Ambrose was the first non Carlton Draft that I drank and I really enjoyed this is like when they years ago so probably at, what, 12 years ago? Mm. That, I mean, that was actually really good. Mm. Remember that when the original Amber Ale recipe was I, actually malty and tasted good? Yeah, I don't think I ever tried it. I Yeah, it was really nice. It was kind of darker. So I enjoyed that. And then uh, Rogue Ambers and just mm. any time I saw an Amber Ale, that's what i jump on. And then, uh, yeah, when I was looking to start my own, um, I was originally going to go with a stout. I'm glad I didn't because they're very tricky to brew and I don't think I probably would have got the traction that I got. Mm. with the amber kind um, of a seasonal thing as well it is kind yeah. of a seasonal thing I'll drink it any time yeah. but yeah mm. um, so I, I was going in and talking to a lot of um, bar owners a lot of bottle shops and just saying look I'm thinking about starting my own my own brewery this is what I'm thinking of doing and every single one of them went oh great it's not another pale ale yeah we would we would carry an amber we don't have that many yes definitely mm. definitely definitely so I also launched in summer where no one's really doing seasonable ambers either. Mm. So I kind of got in there with, you know, when there wasn't that many amber ales. And I know from my personal experience, I will always look for an amber ale and if I see it, I'll grab it. Mm. And that's what I thought. There'd probably be other people like me out there that are sick of pale ales and just want something different. Mm. You know, craft beer drinkers are not the kind of people that go buy a slab every weekend. They go and they try to buy as many different things. So I knew I'd get a chance of, of getting into someone's mixed six pack, you know. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that, that's why I chose the, the amber and not the not the pale, which everyone sort of does. And since then, you've done a pale. I have is, done a pale ale since then, <laughs> <laughs> but, it, but it's, it's a different pale ale. Yeah, not not the traditional pale. Um, let's see, peated pale. Mm-hmm. What was the reasoning behind that one? 
I was drinking Lafroy, mm. and I thought this is amazing, but I can't drink too many because I won't be able to get to my bedroom. I thought this would go great if it was a beer, so I decided to make it as a beer. <laughs> uh, no, it was it really was um, kind of the same reason I brewed the Amber Ale is I wanted that beer. I couldn't find it, so I decided to make it for myself. Mm. Enough other people also couldn't find it and decided that they liked it, so I. Yeah, I, I put it out there and sort of hoped that people, you know, that it, that it would go well. Um, it's it's had a mixed response. I think some people, people either love it or they hate it. Mm. Um, I, I think if once you've drunk, everyone says, oh, it's, you know, oh, it's, some people say it's way too smoky. I don't even taste the smoke in it anymore. I think once mm. you've dr- had a few sips of it, I think it's three sips, you can't taste the smoke in that beer anymore. It just mm. comes across dry. Um, actually, Andrew from Cavalier was drinking it the other day, and he didn't even realise that it was the peated pale ale. He thought he'd picked up a pale ale. And he thought it was a completely different beer. And I said, no, no, that's it. And he goes, where's all the smoke gone? I said, it's, it's in there. <laughs> you just can't taste it anymore. Um, and you're brewing, you're brewing at Cavalier now, is that correct? Yeah. Part of the part of the crew there? Part of the, uh, yeah, part of the lodges there. Yeah. yeah. So I guess for people that don't know Cavalier... Um, I don't know if we've mentioned this in the podcast before, but they are in west west of Melbourne, and they um, have about half a dozen brewers brewing there now. It's kind of a little, yeah, a little, little community. Yeah, I think we briefly talked about it when Hendo was in, but um, yeah, I didn't uh, go into it in too much detail. Hmm. It seems to be um, seems to be exciting because yeah. it's a great the, idea. I think a lot more people will do it. Mm. For them, it's worked out brilliantly. You know, you're seeing a lot more beers coming out of there. It's, the, the, and every beers. single beer that comes out of there is just phenomenal, mm. and it is you know there's so many that are winning awards and stuff. I think they should at the AIBA awards. On pretty much every brewer that came out of there got something. Mm. They should just have put all the awards up on the window or something because it's <laughs> incredible. It's a great brewery. Uh, it's a lot of support. It's really fun. There's so many brewers there. For me, I've I didn't I didn't study brewing. Mm. You know, I mean, I just kind of did it at home and then sort of taught myself and things like that so the knowledge base that it, that's in that place is just amazing and for the latest beer that I've that I'm brewing at the moment I really needed a lot of help so um it's kind of a collaboration between me brew gold cavalier kaiju and anyone else dan dayton anyone that turned up to the brewery when I was trying to make this beer sort of lent you know gave gave me a little bit you know some few few hints and and mm. things like that so it's you know I think it's better for it too. So what's the what's the beer? Can we get it's a new beer? Yeah. it's a rye IPA. Oh great! And it's gonna be it's gonna be different to the other Killer Sprockets in that this is gonna have a lot of hops in it. Yep, uh, more hops than I've ever used in any of the beer, and I'm gonna dry hop it, which I've not done for I've not dry hopped a beer so far, a commercial beer, and I haven't actually dry hopped a beer of my own for years because hmm. I don't usually do that. Because the exact opposite, I guess, of what everyone's doing. Um, mm. I imagine most home brewers right now have got something in the fermenter that's got a lot of hops in the... Uh, yeah, beer. but that's the thing. And everyone's like, oh, you should do hoppier beers. I'm like, my next-door neighbour is Kaiju. Like, they've kind of dominated yeah. the hop-driven beers. It's incredible, the stuff they do. But this one, I wanted to do something a bit different, take a bit of a risk. So I hope people like it. Mm. Um, if they don't, well, if it doesn't come out well, it's going down the drain, then I'll try again. But <laughs> I think it's going to be a good one. Cool. When uh, do you expect that to uh, surface? Uh, probably if, if this batch all goes if well. The, if yeah. the batch goes well, probably be out in about two or three weeks. Cool. 
Because when you're dry hopping a beer, especially of that sort of scale, you've really got to sort of chill it and keep dumping all the hops out. Mm. Um, and it takes quite a bit of time, um, you know, to, to do that. Uh, yeah, you should see some of the dudes that, that dry hop the beers. I've seen so many people blocking the the hop strainers in, in there. So I'm just going to take my time. The good thing about this, I haven't actually even gone out to the market and got any pre-orders or anything. I just want it to take its time mm. and to actually be exactly where it wants to be. Yeah, uh, It's going to be a bit more alcoholic. The two beers I've got at the moment are 4.8%. This one's going to be 6.2%. Mm. So it's, you know, I, I it's, a, it's a different type of beer and I want mm-hmm. it to really be. Yeah, it's know. got more hops, needs more oomph to balance it out. So yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Outside of brewing, uh, you're involved with stand-up comedy. Your Good Beer Week event was a stand-up comedy event. Yeah. Um, are you still involved in that? And that sort of... Not as much. I it's um, I, I, I started stand-up because it was something that not many people did, and it was something exciting that was just for me. Um, also working in insurance and stuff. Sometimes <laughs> you need an escape. <laughs> yeah. Do something a little bit different. Uh, the other great thing about, about stand-up for me was the fact of, you know, you're coming up with something um, in your, you know, that, that you've created and putting it out there and getting a response straight back. Mm. But now my day job is that, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, I, that's, that's what I do now. I do, you know what I mean? I, I don't do the sort of conventional things anymore. Like, I don't have a, a day job mm. that I have to go to. Like, it's, it's this sort of stuff anyway. And it takes quite a lot of time. So, um, so yeah, I haven't been really doing it that much. The, the other thing is that when you're booking gigs, especially in Melbourne, you're booking them for a very like long ahead mm. um, and there were too many times where I'd booked a gig and then it turned out that that's the day I was brewing or packaging or having to go in the brewery to do something and it just you know because when the beer's ready and there's a space to package you've got to just get in there and do it mm. and so too many times I, I'd been packaging all day and then getting up and I was tired you know or Didn't pulling out of the gig funny. yeah yeah exactly <laughs> you've got to kind of have a bit of energy and so, yeah, so I just kind of, kind of stopped booking gigs. Yeah. There's one place I still will do comedy. It's uh, Death Star Canteen, which is at, um, in Smith Street at Kaz Ray Tops. And uh, if you haven't, if you want to check out some comedy, it's on Wednesday nights, 8.30, and the bar is incredible. Uh, they have some really great sort of beers on tap, good cocktails, things like that. It's downstairs, and you get a bunch of different comedians that all drop in like Fiona Lockman was there Justin Hamilton there's like a whole bunch of Jeff Green pops in a couple uh, occasionally so I'll go do that I'm good friends with the guys that run it so it's more of a thing of like if I've got a Wednesday night for and I feel like getting up and talking to strangers for no reason I'll I'll go down there and I'll, and I'll do that but I don't sort of book yep. gigs really as much anymore because it's just you know I, I, you've got to focus you only have a certain amount of time and you really got to focus on what you know you know what? What you really want to be achieving mm. in life, and at the moment, brewing is the is that thing. Wednesday night, bit of chicken at Rockwell and Sons. Head down, watch a bit of comedy. Mm. Yeah, that's a pretty attractive. If, if you're in Melbourne, proposal. Yeah, exactly. We, yeah. we, we did a copper comment. Hi, James. About we discussed Melbourne things uh, too frequently. So, uh, if but you're also in Melbourne, maybe a little bit uh, uh, non-specifically as well. So, uh, <laughs> You mean yeah. there are other states in this country? Apparently there are, and I think <laughs> they'd have beer there as well. Oh, there, is, there is a New South Wales and there's a Queensland. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Pretty much it, isn't it? So what's, what are we going to expect in the uh, future for Killer Sprocket? What, what are your plans? Oh, sorry, just before that, how did the event go? Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, it was great. It was, 
<laughs> no one bought tickets for ages, and they were getting oh, no. really nervous. And then, like a few weeks before, I think it was like two weeks before, just suddenly everyone jumped on and bought tickets. I'd almost sold out. It was pretty close to selling out. The place was packed. Uh, the comics that we had on um, were just incredible. Like every, like pretty much every single one of them is a headliner in their own right. Mm. Um, and uh, yeah, it was it was amazing having them down. I really called in a lot of favors. So I used to run a comedy room. I was able to call in quite a few favors and grab some amazing comics. Uh, unfortunately, I, I did put it on a Friday when there was a lot of other comics that kind of couldn't make it. Mm. So the original lineup uh, was yeah, like every, the lineup was just incredible. But um, there was a few people that that missed out that I missed out on grabbing because they were you know, doing something else. They mm. had a TV commitment or were actually touring. The other thing is it comes just after the Melbourne International Comedy Festival mm. and you get the comedy roadshow. So you kind of got to grab comedians that are that have got sort of TV jobs in Melbourne <laughs> and yeah. are not on tour <laughs> but also don't have a Friday night engagement as yeah. well. So, uh, no, it was great. It was, it was a lot of fun. Um, it was at Agent 284 who uh, is a pretty big supporter of our beer. And uh, they just got a new tap system in. Mm. They actually got a tap contract. We're talking before, and uh, with uh, with Lion, and I stole one of the taps. Great. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right. Um, it, will you look to do more sort of comedy beer things in the future, or? Yeah, I don't know. It's it, it, I've I've done a few, and they kind of. It's kind of hard. A lot of people kind of will ask me to do some stand-up and then talk about the beer. And it's kind of a different thing because mm. when you're talking about beer, you know, it's fun, but it is sort of serious. Like you're not really – you know what I mean? Like you yeah, can't really yeah. make it funny yeah. talking about how you made this you beer. You have like 25 minutes of beer gags. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, well, that's the thing. You either have beer material or you're talking about – like people don't want to hear jokes about your hops. They want to know what the hops are. You know what I mean? And – um and that's that sort of thing. So it's kind of a little bit hard to do that. Mm. But I think comedy and beer go really well. And I'm, um, probably what it'll be is that uh, Killer Sprocket will be more involved in in putting on nights and sponsoring stuff mm. rather than me actually doing the comedy. Yeah. It'll be more, um, you know, sponsored sponsored events. Eventually what I'd love to do is, is have a... Um, is for the comedy festival and things have an actual venue that we like a pop-up venue yep. where we do all the beers uh you know get some other craft beer uh, places in as well and and we'll and we'll put on all the shows so mm. you know you buy a ticket and with your ticket you get a free beer so really sort of blending comedy and and beer in that way yeah um that that's sort of what i'm i'm looking at so um doing yeah i'm meeting with some people to to do that kind of stuff but I, I'm probably going to step back more and let other people kind of take over that side of things, the yep. comedy side of things. I think it's a good idea because, I mean, that's sort of a unique um, sort of event type and no one's yeah. doing that. So if you have those um, connections already and you can yeah. sort of make those things happen, it's, um, I reckon it's a good thing to Yeah, maintain. And yeah. I think a lot of people, um, you know, I personally don't go see a heap of comedy and then the comedy festival goes up and you think, oh, that's right, I, I really like comedy, I should go to something. Yep. And then outside of that, yeah, I'd no probably, one ever I, does. And I've heard that as sort of a criticism how the, the comedy festival can be bad for comedy because people just do that and then they mm-hmm. don't binge actually. during that two weeks yeah. or whatever and then don't do um, it other times. But yeah, if there's something that I knew I could get a good beer and a, you know, see some comedy, I go, oh, maybe yeah. I will, rather than knowing that I'm going to have to drink 
James Squire, whatever, I don't have to, but you know. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, exactly. And that's something that, uh, that's a possibility down the track is a lot of the bars and things that I'll do comedy at, I'll talk to the bar owners and try to get my beer in there. Mm. So if I can get a list going of these are the comedy nights that we sponsor where you know you're going to get decent beers and mm. see some great comedy, that might be something that we look at. So, um, yeah, outside of comedy, what, what are we going to expect in the future for, for Killer Sprocket? Uh, got a new, we've got a beer coming up that's uh, that's pretty pretty exciting, actually. It's going to be launched at the Queensland Beer Mm. Uh, beer festival. Yep. There's a Queensland. It's Beer Insider. Okay. That uh, that's running it, and um, that's in September. So if you're in Queensland, you should check that out. I think Beer Insider is uh, Beer Iron Cider. Cool. We'll, uh, um, we'll look Google that. Yeah. I'll put it in the show notes. I don't know if they've actually got the website up yet. Like yep. it's just they're sort of um, doing it. But the plan is that we'll actually be launching our fourth beer at that festival great and the beer is the first beer that's actually brewed by my business partner and wife uh andrea so she awesome. it'll be her first yeah that's great her first commercial release and she kept bugging me she goes oh you should do this kind of beer you should put this in the beer i'm like no nope. when you brew a beer you can do that <laughs> so she actually brewed a beer <laughs> uh but she's um she's uh, I, I was, when we were talking about this beer and saying what style it was, I'm going to say we had the wrong Killer Sprocket partner in here because she's one of those people you can give her a beer and she'll tell you the style and all this sort of stuff. She's very, very good uh, for that. Uh, she's terrible when I give her my beers because she'll be like, nah, this is not you know, making this beer. This is terrible. <laughs> so a lot of the beers, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll brew the pilot batch. I'll tell her, yeah, this is great. Give it to her and she goes, this is where the flaws are. This, 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 this. <laughs> That's great, though, really, isn't it? Well, yeah. It's a different angle. <laughs> Sometimes you don't want that. Well, <laughs> what do you know? When did you brew beer? So now I'm not, not going to be able to say that anymore. So it'll be it'll be the first beer brewed by her, um, which will be yeah uh, yeah which will be launching up there. That's that's the plan. Um, do you currently have much of a presence in Queensland with Kim's Brocket? We do. Uh, we're Queensland's the second state that we got into. Cool. Uh, so yeah, though it's. It's going really well. It's really funny. They've um, they went crazy for the bandit. The peated pale oh, wow. ale sells incredibly up there. Uh, not so much down here. Mm. Amber ale is the, is the highest seller here, but up there, it's, that's the that's what they that's what they're after. So they're a funny market, aren't they? Cause yeah. Talk, Hendo sends half his beer up there. Yeah. To Queensland. That's yeah, yeah, cool. yeah. I'd love to go up there and see how it's uh, growing. Yeah, I was up in Brisbane it's great. last year, and it was. Quite a few bars that are sort of popping up, and even since yep. then, there's been three or four open that I want to. They've go to. changed the liquor licensing recently, is mm. my understanding. And what it is is they are uh, they've given small bar licenses. Mm. So a lot of these, it used to be that you needed to have you know a big, big pub and things like that. So they all these little small bars are popping up now, and they're just they're just putting craft on, and pretty much every single bar rotates their taps mm. uh, which is good and bad it's great for the Queensland punters because you're always getting different beers not as great for brewing companies because you can't get on a tap yeah uh, which is something that I pride myself on is getting taps and saying when someone goes oh we can I get your beer I know you go here 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 you're always like you know if you go to the Fox yeah. you're definitely going to get a beer you go to Deja Vu the Crimean you're always going to get one of my beers there mm. um, on tap um, whereas in Queensland, I couldn't tell you. Mm. You know, I know where it's been, 
I know <laughs> if, you, if you go to Tipler's Tap, occasionally you might get it. You know, yeah. Scratch Bar, these kind of places have it. Uh, but and they're really sort of pushing the envelope of beers. So mm. we did a beer tasting up at um, at Scratch Bar when we did our launch in Queensland, and they were like, "Oh, we got a Randall. Do you want to put your beer through a Randall?" So we ended up pumping amber ale through a Randall that was um, chocked full of Nelson hops, mm. flower hops, yeah. and it tasted incredible. So um, yeah, they they kind of really sort of looking at at new things. That, that was fun trying to get hops. Through an airport, I was like, "Oh, no. <laughs> like the dog's going to sniff me. I'm going to be in trouble." Yeah. <laughs> I'm explain to this security guy what a hop is. <laughs> I could sort of see why that would be an awesome combination because um, you were on tap when Hendo launched Hop Zone yep. at the Royal Standard Hotel. Yeah, and um, people were mixing it. I was black and tanning that. And yeah, it was yeah, ace. a lot of people were. It was really good. So um, yeah, it might have been where I first had had the band. Oh, sorry, the the amber. The amber. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. But I think that that might be where I sort of like it clarified in my mind that it was a good beer because Hop Zone was tasting really good and really fresh but I was happy to just drink Amber drink Amber Ale <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah it was Hendo's different. dad was drinking the Amber Ale because yeah, he, doesn't, he like doesn't like Hops yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, outside of that any, any other big plans coming up or just uh, chugging along no well we've just recently put a tank in at Cavalier so previously even though we've been brewing out of Cavalier for quite a while probably about six months we were I was always borrowing tanks I was borrowing Hendo's or Cavaliers or any you know any tank that I could get my hands on uh, which made it kind of hard to predict like to you know to to sort of plan which beers and get supply Mm. Uh, now that I've got my own tank that's why suddenly we're going to have four beers very soon Mm. because we've got that ability previously I couldn't you know I mean if I brewed another beer that means that I might not have enough amber ale I you know I don't know when the next slot's coming up so that's that was the next big thing is getting that getting that tank in there and then, yeah, the, the plan is just to kind of fill that up. Uh, we're going to try to get into some other states. We're going to try to get into New South Wales, uh, WA, the next two places that we're we're trying to trying to organise distribution. Cool. Um, and then maybe Tasmania or something. I don't know. Hmm. Just got to sort of see where um, you know where where the next sort of craft beer thing is and where people are interested to to take our beer. Hmm. You know. Um. What uh, what have you learned while you've been starting from from zero and now you're? Oh, um, I've learned that branding is a very interest. It's a double edged sword. Of uh, starting business, as I said, you know, I came from it from a different place, and that you know, your first thing is you need to get your branding right. Mm. Uh, we when we launched, I put a lot of money and a lot of effort into getting our brand uh, really out there. So we had the the, the black bottle, the, the pitch black bottle, uh, which is more expensive than the other kind of glass, um, the labels, all that sort of stuff. And it kind of I found later it kind of worked against us for a few people. A mm. few people saw our beer and went, "Ah, oh, another contractor. This is this is a marketing company trying to be trying to be uh, a beer company and yep. didn't buy the beer." Um, I I. Pretty sure I'm not. I think Crafty uh, James from Crafty Pint, James Smith, actually had a bottle of amber ale in his house and he wouldn't drink because he thought, oh, this cannot be a good beer. Mm. It looks too polished and wouldn't drink it until someone else came with a bottle of amber and said, you should try this beer. And now he loves it, which is great. Didn't he use that in a tasting in one of his blind tastings? Um, yeah, um, that was. Uh, 
I got a big, a huge shout out to uh, to Professor Pilsner because uh, he he was the one that snuck that, it in. That snuck it in, yeah. and I ended up coming second. Uh, I got mm. beaten by Dayton. His red eye ride just pipped apparently, and um, and I beat out. I think I beat Kaiju's hopped out red. Mm. Um, he beat me in the AIBA awards, which is probably a bit more <laughs> important, but that's all right. Uh, yeah, and, and but that, that was something that's something I would have learned is that it's sort of not it's not that important. Like branding is important, but it's not that critical. Mm. They can actually go against you. Like uh, I probably should have gone out and, and done a little bit more like um, we had our launch for our beer probably about three months after after it was launched I didn't think it would be that big of a deal mm. I thought people would just see the beer try it drink it enjoy it and that would be a thing but people really want to have those relationships in mm. craft beer and it wasn't until we had that launch at Penny Blue that people came and could actually meet me talk to us find out the story that it, that that's when we really took off mm. and I think that's what it that, that's something that I learned is you've got to really be part of the got to be willing to be really part of the scene you got to really sort of announce your intentions and be like this is what i'm doing and people want that story they want that follow through mm. um yeah that that'd probably be the biggest thing is is you got to really know the scene before you try to get into it mm. anything else dave that you wanted to no no i think um this has been good so far yeah sean anything you want to add about beer or brewing or life in general um Oh, just if anyone's thinking of starting a brewing company, you should just do it because, you know, it's it's great. So much fun. It's such a great community uh, to to get into. And, you know, like, email me if you want to borrow my tank because I'll be happy to help someone out like people help me out. Great. Uh, there's so many brewers out there that are, that are willing to do that. Like, I, when I started, I, I thought the contract, you know, I went down the contract brewing route. Um, which you know, which is fantastic. Uh, I think if I started again today, I would just be talking to to the brewers like Cavalier and Hendo and um, Kaiju and all these guys, and just being like, "Hey, you know, I want to get into brewing. Can I brew a beer?" Mm. Don't be scared to approach things. Um, the other thing is, if you want to get into the beer industry, uh, go up to anybody, especially the ones that are that are brewing at Cavalier, and say if you. Can I do a brew with you? I'll dig out the mash tun, and you'll get you'll, they will be beating a path to your door to let you help them. So brew. P- pick up a plastic shovel, and uh, you'll be dig out the mash tun. It's the that's the that's the universal way of getting. Even the kaiju guys. I don't. I was talking to Daddy. He was like, oh, I don't know. And he'll, so I said, Oh, you got someone help me? He goes, Yeah, Tommy, get out the mash tun. <laughs> I mean, definitely, anyone can help you brew if they're going to dig out the mash tun. So that's a big thing. If you want to get into brewing, even if you just want to give it a go and see if you've got the chops to make it as a commercial brewer, mm. it's not that different to home brewing, to all grain brewing. From that to, to commercial brewing, it's not that big of a step. Mm. I guess that's that's the thing. So don't be scared. Like, just get in there. A lot of these brewers that brew amazing beers, are not that formally trained. Mm. They just got in there and they're learning on the job and they, you know, and they got into it. So don't be scared to approach a brewer and just say, hey, can I come help you out? Hmm. That's a good Great. light way of finishing. And I'm just going to ruin it for a second because I do have one more question. Um, <laughs> you mentioned that uh, now that you have your tank at yeah. Cavalier, you're going to have a four, uh, fourth beer. Yeah. Now, is that a fourth uh, unique beer or are you going to yeah. start brewing four beers regularly? Uh, it depends how much people like the four beers. Okay. If it sells well, then it'll be a fourth regular beer. Mm-hmm. Um, 
if it doesn't, it'll be a one-off, also depending on how hard it is to brew. Yep. The rye IPA was a lot easier to brew than I thought it would be. Uh, I used rice hulls, and Bintani has a really great enzyme that makes rye not stick together, mm. and that is amazing. So uh, if people like the rye IPA, that's going to be more of a regular beer. Cool. And, yeah, the fourth one, if people like it, will also be a regular. Awesome. Are you able to reveal what the fourth one is here, or is it still a uh, uh, secret? I think it's a secret. I don't know. Because if you tell us here, tens of people <laughs> will know. We're on the charts now. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's not. It's not going to be the. It's not going to be what you expect to kill Sprocket to be. It's going to be. It's brewed by my wife. I think it's a very girly beer, but it'll be. <laughs> It's like the antithesis. That's why I'm brewing the rye IPA, because I want to do a really aggressive beer before she feminizes our brand <laughs> and brings out Diversifies your brand, I think. She's going to put flowers on the damn label. It's going to be a sprocket <laughs> flower, I believe. Do you, know, do you know what the label is for the rye IPA? It's a ninja star. <laughs> <laughs> ninja star is a sprocket flower. Yeah. <laughs> No, it's going to be good. It's uh, it's actually it's a. I'll, I'll tell you what it is. It's a um, it's a juniper pale ale. Oh, great! Oh, that's awesome. Um, Andrew and I love rogue beers. Yeah, mm. we're huge fans of rogue. And that's a cracker. And yeah, it is. It really is. And she's been telling me for ages, you should, we should do a gin. I'm like, I'm not adding things that are not water, malt, <laughs> yeast, hops. That's it. There's no juniper in those four. Yeah. All right. She's like, if you oh, want to add juniper, it. you do it then. Yeah, exactly. You <laughs> should brew it. Yeah. So she's like, so, and she's, and I said, I don't really want to do a juniper beer. And then uh, we're at the Rogue um, Tap Takeover in, or the Rogue Nation or whatever it was, at Beer Deluxe during Good Beer Week. And they had the juniper pale ale on tap. And I was drinking, I'm like, this is a damn good beer. Like, all right. Let's let's try your juniper beer. <laughs> so we actually, I actually we spoke to um, to John Mayer from from Rogue about how he did his juniper beer. So got a few tips, um, which my wife obviously ignored and decided to do it her own way, <laughs> and completely blocked up my homebrew system making it. So that's going to have to change because um, if she blocks up the Cavalier system, she's going to get in a lot more trouble than blocking up my system. So, uh, but no, it's a, it's it's tasting great. So that'll be. I didn't want to reveal it because, in case it was just a terrible beer, mm. we'd, I'd have to try to find something else. End up launching the fourth beer would be a white stout, but um, yeah, we it'll be the juniper pale ale because it's tasting. Amazing! It's tasting really, really good. No, that's fun because I think there's a couple of juniper beers in Australia, but they're only dark. I think so. Yeah, a, a that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, a juniper pale ale. So yeah, it'll be another pale ale, but not the same <laughs> as a normal pale ale. Uh, but yeah, it's it's tasting great. We've got some great hops in there. It's it the the hop and malt profile are very killer sprocket. Um, you know, we're using Amarillo. Um, we're using uh, Maltese Marisotta, so it's kind of biscuity. Yep. Uh, but still quite light, and um, yeah, and just trying to work out the best time to add the juniper. So we're going to do a few more test batches mm. to see um, to see when we can add it without it causing too much damage to systems. Um, don't put it in the boil. This without a bag. That's one thing that we figured out because <laughs> it'll clog your stuff. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's going to be that's going to cool. be cool. That sounds good. All right, well, we should come back. Have um, a little bit of a break. Yep, and come back with guitar solo, and we'll come back with some recommendations. Sounds like a plan. All right.
And we are back. <coughs> Welcome back. We have another beer. Yeah, uh, this was given to us by Chris from Deschutes, so thanks, Chris. Oh, yeah, that was nice of him, wasn't it? I'm assuming he's a regular listener. Oh, there, no doubt. Um, yeah. And his, you know, Don't days. get the update on his podcast app, and yep. they'll be listening straight away, I would have thought. Um, so this is the, I've put the bottle down out of my reach, but the Mirror Pond Ale. Mm-hmm. Is it? Sorry. It's the River Ale. Good organisation, Luke. Yeah. <laughs> um, so this is a, a pale... Hang on, I've just lost an earbud. This is, this is terrible podcasting right now. There's no details in the bottle at all. Oh, well. Um, I don't know about you, Luke, <laughs> but since we talked to Chris, I've sort of, like, approached their beers in a different way. Yep. Does that make any sense? Sure. Yeah, and it's, like definitely heightened the enjoyment mm. factor out of it. I'm really enjoying this beer. Uh, it's a kind of beer I, I would drink a lot of on a, mm-hmm. on a hot day. It uh, does a really, well, do really good job of, of a, a sessionable pale. Um, and if you didn't hear the episode with Chris, it's in the, on our list there. It's the bonus episode. Uh, Chris Scholl from Deschutes. Mm-hmm. A really good episode. Yeah, really knowledgeable guy. Mm. Mm. Very generous with his time. Yep. It was good. Should we jump in to... Some recommendations? Yes. Um, sure. I can kick off with a beer recommendation. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't even really hear about it coming into the country, perhaps because I didn't realise it was a different beer, but uh, Renaissance have brought in their uh, fresh hopped uh, Marlboro Pale Ale, yep. which is um, so called from Grandmaster New Fresh, which is enjoyable. Uh, and from New Zealand, Renaissance? Yes, exactly. And it's... It's what you imagine. It's just a version of that beer which is tasting great anyway, mm. but uh, with a little bit of a smack of hops, which makes it all the more enjoyable. So the if you see it, get it. I, I might have checked that out. I haven't drunk a lot of their beers recently, um, but their Scotch Ale was one that mm-hmm. grabbed my attention as soon as I sort of started venturing into different beer, and I had that and went, wow. That's, um, it's hard to go past the craftsman as well for a yep. chocolate stout. So. Definitely. Uh, Sean? Uh, I would say the Samuel Adams Utopias. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, yeah. You can pick that up at your local bottle shop. Yeah, exactly. What, what's one uh, I'm going to set you back? It's <laughs> 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 only $7.50 a bottle. Cool. Um, uh, no, but the uh, the one that I've been drinking at the moment that, uh, that I've been really enjoying is the Dead Dog Stout. Mm. Uh, From James, which is, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's it's just a really nice stout. So that's really put together well. Black Dog out of yeah, Black High Dog Country Victoria. Yep. Yep. Um, Last time I was I up there, um, he had that on the hand pump at the bar, and it just oh, added that wow. extra element to it. It was really yeah. good. Yeah. Mm. If you are um, in Melbourne and you hear this in time, I think that and a couple of other their beers are on at the Gertrude Hotel at the moment. Oh, that's along with the barrel age version of the saison. Yeah. Uh, I haven't tried it, but it sounds delicious. So. Yeah. So that's that's probably. That'd be uh, that's that's an acquire you know an easily acquired beer. Uh, the other thing is this is it's kind of a beer one as well. Is a venue? Can you do venue recommendations? You can do whatever, whatever the hell you want. want. Yeah, yeah we don't care. because I would say uh, beer deluxe. Uh, beer deluxe, they're great as well. But um, no, um, the I've completely blanked. Give us a deja vu bar. Deja vu. Hmm. All right. Deja vu bar is somewhere that I would highly recommend that people go. Uh, went with a mate of mine on a Saturday night around about six thirty, seven o'clock, and it was empty. Mm. <laughs> so, uh, it's the the amount of beers that they have. I don't know if they've signed a deal with the devil or something, but they seem to have beers that you cannot get anywhere else, mm. and for really 
decent prices. They had the creme brulee on tap um, where I people were even struggling to try to get a bottle of the damn stuff. Yeah. So that's somewhere that I would you know that I'd say you should probably yeah, check sort of out. Yeah, sort of oft-forgotten... Um, it's yeah, it's an oft-forgotten... If you just want to drink a lot of different varieties of beer, mm-hmm. that'd be the way to go. If you keep going down William Street, down to Peel, um, the Crimean, for the best kind of pub and and beer thing, they've got amazing beers on tap and in mm-hmm. bottle, and their food is incredible. They do... Um Baltic sort of food, right? Yeah, there, yeah, yeah, yeah. They do like um, pierogies and dumplings and stuff. Yeah, it's, that's uh, they're they're two bars that I don't know if many people kind of know of, mm. but everyone that I've taken to either of those places just goes like is a complete convert. Mm. So that's um, yeah. Then they're two bars that are very supportive of of us. Mm. So I'll give yeah, a if you're not familiar with Deja Vu, it's at five two five Little Lonsdale Street, which is yeah, the, uh, looks like a King strip Street club, end of it. Yeah, it does a little bit. <laughs> looks yeah. exactly like they've made it more strip clubby as well. It looks so looks like and it looks like a strip club that's closed, but it's not. Yeah, uh, you'll find that they they actually they've taken to leaving the door open mm. so that people can actually think, oh, maybe I should go in. Yeah, because when and that door is closed, it does look like it's looks terrible. Yeah, and that part of town um, on the weekends is, is dead. Well, yeah, so it is. It is. Um, but that's uh, you know that that's a bar that I think needs a lot of people to sort of go and. and yeah, also, if you're in Melbourne and you want a place to have a good beer before the football at Docklands at Etihad Stadium, that's a great place to go. Um, hmm. to yeah, because it's exactly. just, just a five minute walk from the stadium. Yeah, so that's very true. All the ones, all the places that are closer to the stadium are all fairly um, terrible, ordinary to say the <laughs> yeah. least. So um, it's a good option. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's only like what. 15-minute walk. Oh, less than that, I think. Yeah. About 10 minutes. Just down to Spencer Street, and then you're there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hmm. So, uh, yeah, that's good. And non-beer-related, um, my tip is Netflix. I've, been, I've downloaded Netflix on my Xbox, and I'm just absolutely you, addicted to it. Is that still the US version that you're... I would not say <laughs> that that would be the US version, but if you were to go to a website called, uh, called Unblock Us and uh, pay just a very small amount of money, mm. you could get the US version of the Netflix. Not that you would do that. No, and you might be able to watch a whole bunch of amazing shows <laughs> and uh, incredible stuff. Uh, that'd be my non-beer thing is uh, Unblock Us and Netflix. Is Great. Incredible. So on that, um, this is not my recommendation, but Hayden Green, um, a writer, journalist, and beer writer from New Zealand, actually did a um, put together a list of all the sporting and things like Netflix you can subscribe to online and yeah. just talked about the um, um, Block Us as well. Yeah. And he worked out all, all how much it would cost for each one. Yeah. And then compared that to pay TV. Yeah. Um, and said you're basically, you're paying less um, for subscribing to individual services online than you are mm. for pay TV. Um, interesting article. I'll put a link um, on, on our website. Um, so yeah, check that out. Uh, my beer recommendation. Your recommendation, yeah. Yeah, um, I mentioned it before. Uh, it would see the Scarlet Super Sour from Temple. So good. There can't be much left. They they only it's only one batch they did. I don't think they're ever going to do it again. In terms of Australian sours, you know, it, it's got all the all the bugs. There's bread. There's lacto. Um, it's it's really sour. It's quite acidic. 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 It's the end of the show. Yeah. <laughs> um, and 
Yeah, it's just a really, really delicious beer. Do the crawl. Go to Temple. Go to Alehouse. Go to Atticus. Go to wherever. What we say we're going to add? Edie's Appreciation Society. Yeah. Yep. Go oh. have a pizza at 400 Grady if you want. Yeah. What an area. What a... Mm. What a mm. uh, my non-beer recommendation um, is Eat 8-Bit. No, 8-Bit. Sorry, just 8-Bit. <laughs> their, their Twitter handle is Eat 8-Bit. But um, it's a burger place in Footscray. Um, it's busy from 11 p.m., 11 a.m. to 11 p.m. So um, maybe doing something right there. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and a lot of hype. Um, when they first opened, I may or may not have slagged them off on Twitter. Apologies for that. Um, basically, I was drunk during Good Beer Week, and we got in a taxi to go there at nine th- or quarter past nine. We got there, and they were closed, and they were supposed to be open to 11 p.m. And we had just left Smith Street, where there's a lot of yeah. delicious drunk yeah. food, and got to Footscray, and everything closes at 9:30 and the place we went to go to and so I tweeted them and said Come what on, the guys. hell guys why I, think, I think that's justified but they've oh, sorted it they've been, justified. but they've sorted it out though so yeah yeah it. so they, they just basically didn't anticipate the rush um, I was really hungry and annoyed that I couldn't be, wasn't eating a Huxter burger instead <laughs> <laughs> or a Poe Boys yeah I- anything anything along Smith Street would have been perfect um, but we finally got a couple of burgers last night uh, we had a peanut butter shake and they were legit Mm. All right. Really good. Awesome. And also, they're all video game themed. I had a double dragon. <laughs> Can't go wrong. <laughs> Excellent. Dave? Uh, yeah, my recommendation could be too late, but I don't care. Um, depending on the result tomorrow, uh, game five of the NBA Finals is on. Mm. Uh, so if Miami gets up, then you might be in time to catch game six or game seven if required. But otherwise, look at the highlights. Um it should be a fun series because it has been so far. If if you are a basketball fan, um, I go back and watch the the last two games, games two and three. They are a clinic in basketball. Um, it was yeah, amazing. Yeah, some of the, like, just you amazing. always forget about San Antonio, and then they just always there. So and if you if you want to be a coach or anything, just sit there and watch how Spurs play. It was uh, spectacular. Excellent. Mm. Uh, Dave, you wanted to... I think we're sort of done. We should have done a bit of wrap-up, eh? Yep. All right. So, um, as per usual, we want to thank Toe Hyder for our excellent theme music and transition music. And they've actually got uh, an album launch coming up, as well as a launch tour. So, uh, they're going to be releasing their new album on uh, July 11th, and they're doing a tour uh, starting in Brisbane, heading all the way through uh, down to Tassie on the East Coast. Uh, so check out their Facebook page um, for individual dates. Check out the album because um, you can hear kind enough to provide some awesome tunes for us. Definitely, you can hear the first three songs off the album uh, Um I'm really enjoying all three of them, so get on board. Awesome. Hmm. Uh, Facebook.com/slash Isle of a Time. Isle of a Time. Forward slash Isle of a Time. Oh, sorry, yeah. forward slash. Um for all the show notes. Um, please like us and review us on iTunes. Give us some feedback. Yeah. Anything uh, else? Yeah, well, you can get me on Twitter at MelDave. At Ale of a Time for me. Sean? Kill Sprocket. Great. And oh, did you want to give a shout out your email address if anyone wants to get in touch? Uh, uh, yeah, you just go to the website and, and hit contact. Otherwise, it's contact at killersprocket.com.au. Great. Awesome. And the website is killersprocket.com.au? Yep. killersprocket.com.au or killersprocket.com, but whichever one you want to. Depends how much you can bother typing. If you don't want to put the .au, that's fine. The internet right. generation are lazy people. We yeah, are pretty lazy. Um, if you're even lazier, when you're on my website, there'll be a link to it. So awesome. just do that. Awesome. Excellent. All right. Thanks so much, Sean. Thanks a lot, Sean, no for coming in. 
All right, see you next time. See you guys.